Hello again, listeners. Thank you for joining us for another session of Yalzar 5th Edition D&D. I am once again your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. I have with us our monk. Uh, that's me. I'm Frodo. I play Kenshi the monk. Our arcane spellcaster. Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm playing Vin, the halfling warlock. And our divine cleric. My name is Hayden. I'm playing Ogden, the dwarven cleric. And our paladin and ranger are MIA at the time. We may be rejoined by one or both of them as the night goes on. So, returning listeners will remember, uh, or maybe even need a refresher, that our adventurers had reclaimed their gold and found some very deep secrets about the Elorail system at the end of last session's, uh, last campaign session. Last. You got it. You almost had it. I, oh, damn it. One week. Anyway. At last, the end of last session. Yep. At the end of last week's session, uh, they found some some very interesting information about the Ella Rail. If you haven't given a listen, absolutely go and do so, because spoilers ahead, I guess. So, uh, the party had been offered a free ride to Yal, the Grand City, uh, on their way uh I suppose south to that location because they had heard that one of the districts had gone into an entire uh, cloak of magical darkness. Do any of the players want to make any skill checks about their knowledge about the great city of Yao or any other information that they care to know about it before you guys get there? No damn thing. I'd like to do... A basic knowledge check. Uh, do I know the leader of Yao? What kind of political state is is it? Generally safe and peaceful, or is it rowdy? Okay, so you want to know about the governing body of Yao and anything else? Um. Yeah, just the general the governing body of Yao. Sure. One more beat. Those are going to be fun to edit out. Okay. Uh, right, so what was your role then? Um, that's a, that's a, would that be a history check? Or a... Yes. Alright, well I got an 8, so. Well, still, there's basic knowledge that anyone who's been living in Yalzar would have known. So, Yal is ran on a sort of Senate sort of uh, system that we would know it as. It is a series of committees who ha- are all elected positions within the districts and neighborhoods of the, of the great city of Yal. Those representatives represent those parts of the cities and come together... Uh, to form committees of these important elected officials. And it should be noted that those elected officials have to live in those districts. Okay. Or neighborhoods. So they, they can't live in, like, if they're the sort of leader of, like, one of the less well-off parts of town, they don't get to live in the fancy mansion district if, they live, if they're representing the slum district, for example. That, those aren't actual terms, but, uh, right. or actual districts, but just as an example. Um, so you know that districts and neighborhoods elect officials. Those officials form the district committee. That committee puts forward like 
ideas and motions, and then they send their representatives to what is referred to as the Council of Yao. And the Council of Yao is made up of a bunch of parts. There is a Adventurer's Guild representative. There is the representatives who represent the city itself that you have just learned about. Then there is uh, representatives from all of the major guilds in the city. Um, and these are obviously people of great interest and great power in the city since they have direct hands and votes and voices in uh, uh, what gets passed in terms of law and legislation. Now, there is an old tradition of Yao that any person of any name or title can approach the, can approach the, the committee, um, the council's floor and speak their mind. But the reality is quite evident that it's very difficult to actually do that with the way the legislation is worded. So it's not uncommon for the average Joe to walk in and speak directly with some of the most important people in the world, but it doesn't happen often. And, and there are plenty of figurehead leaders, but there is no king or queen or you know traditional uh, monarchy to yeah. That's good. That's kind of like, is there a king? Is there yeah. a senate? Is, is yeah, it like it's... a tyrannical ruler? Is it fairly just? It seems like representative and, and somewhat just. Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? That's fair enough. All right, I'm, I'm happy with that. Does anyone else have any questions about the great city of Yao? I'm kind of wondering what the race distribution is like. Predominantly human, elf, dwarf. Oh, so the race distribution. Sorry, you kind of like roboted there for a moment. Oh, sorry. It's fine. Uh, you're coming in fine now. So okay. race distribution. Um, there... Uh, you want to give me a, a, a role for that? Because I can give you the basic information that you would know. This is being a denizen of the world. But um, a high role might yield additional information. And then a 20 on my history. Okay. So the basic information that in, in, any player would know, even even someone like Tenchi, who while is not a mainlander by any stretch, he did, tell, he did say that he has been taught the basic histories, right? Yeah. Eh, sort of. Well, you can't cherry pick. You got to give me something to work with here. Like he, he might know a little bit of the major lores, like say the crystal, the crystal conflicts of the previous campaign, and maybe some of the capital cities and regions of of Yao. But in terms of like who's in charge of what, are you guys hearing him? Okay. No. No, I'm getting some major feedback. Yeah, you're you're really lagging there, bud. That's okay. So are you? Okay. There's a little spike. Everything relax. Everything chill now. Am I coming in okay? Yeah. Sounds like it. Is the microwave no. on? Every time the Frodo talks. No, the, the microwave's not on. Okay. Nope. Nobody's microwave Oh, and I got a hold of Michelle. Apparently she went out driving. But our car's here. 
I thought it was, but maybe that's not the one I see back there. Anyway, let's just go ahead and edit all that out. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, one more time, making sure everyone's here. I'm okay. Can so everyone else speak? I'm good. Uh, or at least I sound good to myself. Yeah. Right up. Dude, you're still coming in like laggy rope on this one. Yeah, so are you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're all coming in like super laggy rope off the air now. And so are you to mm-hmm. us. I think you're the short link here, yeah, bud. Uh, Lauren, do you hear me okay? Um, yeah, I am now. Do we want to restart the chat? Yeah, window? I'm going to go ahead and pause the Audacity real quick. <laughs> yes. 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 I know how to use Audacity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, when I when you click the stop, the, the yellow stop button, and then you start recording again, you, uh, maybe I should record all this. All right. So, what was the original question? I don't know. Oh. I believe it was, uh, what does Tenchi know about this, uh, about Yao? Yeah, would, what what would he have been taught? Right, so I think I settled on, like, he would know probably major cities, maybe, maybe the rulers of the cities, he would know where, like, what continent the cities are on. So he would know basic information. He would know basic, like, super basic information right. like, in terms of, like, what government is where and how it's structured. Just forget it. He's, he's not going to know. That's, that's, that's fine. I, I, I just wanted a benchmark for me to play this on. Uh, so bear, keeping in mind that this is actually the biggest city in the world, you probably know basic info about it. Okay. Uh, probably not, like, the current leaders or anything like that, but you'd know roughly how the, world, how the city is structured. Um, so, right, uh, Hayden, you had a roll of 20, was it, for your history? history. About the, the racial, uh, division, or how, what was exactly your question? I wanted to know if it's predominantly human, dwarven, elven, or what. Okay. Yao. Um, so Yao is kind of the, the, the world's mixing pot as the rest of the world sort of emulates <coughs> that 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 effect. I mean, you guys have has, have traveled a pretty fair expanse of the world, uh, and, and and granted, you've seen and heard some prejudices, but you've never seen outright racism, really. And that is all things that are taught at Yao. Um, is it is it wrong to be like an orc is stronger than a human? No, they're just they are. So, you know, you're going to see a lot more orcs get sort of that line of work that rely on their muscles more. It's not because they're dumb and brutish by, by the, the culture of Yao, but because they're just biologically more powerful. So, in essence, to answer your question, uh, you might find, like, cliques of subcultures connecting in the great city of Yao, but there's not like a dwarven a dwarven district, an elf district, uh, you know. There's nothing quite so black and white like that. Okay. Uh, you won't see like no gnomes allowed on like a sign in front of anywhere. 
humans meet not a fly. Right. right. You, you, won't, you won't see anything quite that heavy-handed, but you will see, you, you'll, you'll go into a bar and be like, wow, this place is like 90% dwarf. Hmm. Guess this is like a dwarven favorite, you know? Alright, that's about right. Um, any other questions that you wanted to field collectively about the great city? Nope. Okay. So, you guys arrive at the uh, Ella Rail, the northern Ella Rail station. It is on the outskirts of the great city of Yao. And, uh, who here has been to Yao before? I'll, I'll let you say if your character has or hasn't freely, but probably not. Okay. I'm gonna say not. All right. Tenchi, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be the only person who's been to Yao. No, uh, no, I have not been to Yao. Okay, so to gaze upon the actual grand city in its physical majesty is really a sight to behold, and something that smacks you like the sun rising in the morning as you step off the Ella Rail train. Um, maybe you pause a moment. Maybe you're a touch stunned by by its sheer size and caliber. I mean, it's you, you, you walk off the steps out of the Ella Rail with all of your equipment and gear with you, and you look up to the south and just see this massive mega, mega city. I mean, it, it goes almost as far as you can see in both directions, uh, and who knows how deep. But you know that you're on the northern end of it. All the Ella Rail stations are on the north, south, east, and west of Yao. And, uh, and you can see that this is clearly where the hardier northern trains only go here and then go back up. Uh it's a busy, it's a busy station. There's plenty of people running around trying to offer you uh, goods at surely the best price, but probably not. Um, people trying to sell food, drink, anything, everything, trying to catch a tourist, as it were. And you all, with your bright eyes and you know slightly star-strucken look about yourselves, seeing the great city for the first time, are probably prime targets for that sort of. Uh, coercion. Fun stuff. There are people selling. Uh, there are people selling carriage rides into the city for uh, one gold per car per uh, per ride. Uh, other than that, you see your only real other means of getting to the city's actual limits and inside the city itself is to. Walk probably the couple of miles it is. I've, I've been cooped up on the train. I, I'm fine with walking. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to pose a host of problems, but we can use the exercise. Right. Okay, so you guys start down the very, very well maintained stone cobblestone road. Uh, it is probably the widest road you've ever seen, maybe borderlining. The, the vast thoroughfares that you might remember from the, the dwarven capital city. Mm. Although those streets were hewn and smooth stone, whereas this is, well, I wouldn't say rough, but cobbled stone street. 
Um, but the walk is not exactly unpleasant. I mean, it's an, it's relatively solid weather out. Although, as you get closer to the city, you realize that the walls start to come up from the horizon and are actually quite massive. Probably about 60 to 70 feet tall, if you had to guess. And there, to the slight right side from the center of the city, there is a globe of darkness, even in the middle of the day. Well, I guess that's where we're heading. Well, <coughs> do we want to go right to the darkness, or do we want to, like, talk to an official? We should probably get a place to stay first. Set up a, a, a place and... Okay, so... I think maybe we should meet up uh, maybe after we find somewhere to stay with, like, a leader in the Adventurers Guild or kind of mayor or something be like, hey, we're going to go fight that thing. Well, right now it's just a glow of darkness. We don't know what it is. Well... It's probably a fight. <laughs> as far as we can tell, yes. But first things first, we need a place to stay. Then we can decide, you know, who's going to go where. So you feel like you might be about halfway to the city's walls when you see maybe half a dozen inns and taverns dotting the road. And more densely so, the closer you get to the gates itself. Would uh, you care to go into any of these inns or taverns? Hmm. I feel like they have a tourist problem here. I feel like we should go somewhere there aren't a whole lot of tourists. And everyone make a perception check. Nope, I screwed that up. I think we got seven. Uh, a total of ten. Sixteen. I thought. Uh, Vin, you see a uh, a fellow pint-sized person walk between two of your other comrades, and uh, you think that you see them try to snip something from their purse, but you don't exactly see. It's quite quick, although you do notice that they're out of place in your group. Okay, I'm gonna grab their hand, I guess. Okay. The They hey turn... What? Oh. oh. Sorry. No, you're good. Go for it. Uh, hey there, you wouldn't be dipping your hand into my friend's purses, would you? Uh, so they sort of turn around, turn their hooded head over to look at you. Um, they seem to be somewhat disfigured in their face. And so they, they with, without answering your question, they quaff a vial of some sort of liquid and immediately turn invisible. And you feel the hand leave your hand. I mean, but I'm, like, I'm holding on to it. Okay, would you <laughs> like, would you like to make an opposed grapple then? Yeah. All right. Go for it. I mean, I'm holding them. All right, how do I do that? What am I just, rolling? Just give me a strength check, or a, well, an athletic or a acrobatics check, whichever you prefer. Oh, not 20. Okay. <laughs> so you feel the hand slip out, but then you lose, you lose the hand, but you throw your other hand out 
in front of where you expect the hand would have been, and you grab a, a, a equally not so meaty forearm, mm-hmm. and uh, and <coughs> Ogden, you feel a weak kick to the back of your leg. Okay, I'm not dealing with this. I take out my mace and I start swinging wildly. Okay, <laughs> go for it. I am so sick of fucking pickpocketers. I'm killing this one. I don't give a damn. Alright, uh, roll a disadvantage. So much for lawful good. Nope, I am just lawful pissed right now. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's out of lawful and just good at this point. If that. Alright, with disadvantage, ooh, not bad. And then add my base attack bonus and all that fun stuff. With disadvantage, 19. Alright, you clobber this poor invisible pickpocket. <laughs> And then I'm going to use a bonus action to do it again. Okay, do you want to roll damage, or do you not even roll damage first? Alright, let's roll damage then. Are they, uh, do they happen to be a fiend or undead? Because they take more from my mace. No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Alright. Let's see, so that plus my strength. Uh... Five damage total. Alright. Um, Lauren, you feel the per- the person's forearm that you have in your hand get knocked out of your hand? <laughs> and you all hear, but do not quite yet see, uh, a, a, the sound of, like, a bag of meat getting thrown on the ground. And sort of, like, dust rustles up. <laughs> and you can see some can blood droplets clear? spurt onto the cobblestone street. So, you could pretty clearly identify where this person has, has been knocked down to. Can, can I just put, put my foot on where I can assume his chest would be? I suppose you may. <laughs> and, you know, like, just holding him in place. No, I, I understand what you're asking. Okay, yeah. Just, like, put my foot down. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. going to lean over and say, come on, dispel the uh, invisibility. It's not doing you any good. So, you can sort of see, like, <laughs> like, blood on what an invisible face would be. It's a weird thing to describe. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> uh, okay. The blood's not invisible, but the face is. Right. Sure. Um, and he, you, you see the face sort of, like, that's, like, sort of has this, like, streak of blood on it, like, turn to the side and, like, spit blood on the ground. He goes, I can't. It's a potion. It's gonna run its course. Ah, shit. So, um, I have Dispel Magic Crap. Would that get rid of the invisibility? Absolutely. Or... Alright, I'm gonna use Dispel Magic on it. Um, Vin, do you know offhand what level spell invisibility is? Is it a third level spell? I think it's a second uh, level. I have it as a second level. Okay, then yeah. It's immediately dispelled if you cast Dispel Magic. Because it's what, third and under is immediately yeah. dispelled? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which God, I so don't like, but I get it. That's so good. Okay, so you cast a spell magic. So laying on the ground uh, amongst you all now is a bloody and beaten and slightly disfigured, although probably not from the mace wound, uh, halfling or gnome, you can't quite figure out right away, um, person. And uh, they seem altogether not so happy that they've been caught and potentially fear for their life. 
All right, so um, while they're pinned, I'm going to tell my friends, like, all right, let's check our, you know, purses, see if they've been messed with. Uh, good luck. He was in Tenchi's backpack. He learned the first time. <laughs> I just got to check his purse. Your purse is not pilfered. Huh. It's not stolen from? No. Everyone checks, or does Tenchi not check? I mean, Tenchi will, like, check his backpack, but okay. he doesn't... After the first time they were pickpocketed, he started putting his coin in his backpack. Sure. Right, you guys are all fine. All right. All right. I am going to take my coin purse and drop it into my, uh, the chest plate of my armor. Okay. <laughs> so sick of pickpockets. I feel you. <laughs> but where are they going to be more plentiful but in the city with the most plentiful amount of people, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, um, I'm gonna say, well, I guess nothing's missing. You so should maybe just get in the first place. Yeah. To the uh, person. Sure. Uh, is he uh, guards around? No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, a couple of people have like looked over and be like. Okay, I immediately assess what this situation is. They clearly have it under control. And there's also just as many people like, whatever, not my fucking problem. I got shit to do. <laughs> so, Alright, let's you guys let gonna, be on their way, I guess. Okay. Don't do that again. Never, never, never again. No, no. You should get a job. <laughs> anyway, I'm willing to let him leave if he's, you know, he, she, it. Right. Seems sincere. So right. Can I do like a sense motive on him or something? Absolutely. Uh, what would that be? Per, uh, perception or investigation? Um, or insight. insight. Yeah, it's insight. insight. All right. Ugh. It was on a 20, but then it rolled to the 2. Womp, so, grand womp. total, I've got 8. Honestly, it's hard to gain, garner much from this interaction, other than the fact that this individual seems terrified for their life. Alright. Yeah, I would be too. Um, do they seem like a thief? Do they look like a thief? Yeah. Pretty pretty, pretty classic okay. thief look. So, can I... um. I'm gonna. Are, they're still pinned on the ground, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as far as I can right. tell, Tenji still has its foot. I'm, I'm right. gonna lean over, and I'm gonna uh, roll to intimidate. Sure. Can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Got a thirteen. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna say, see us. Go tell your little feed skills not to fuck with us. He's the and is it to and what to what was the role? Uh, thirteen to intimidate. Okay. So the person sort Just of like reiterate that we're tired of pickpocket. Right. So the person yeah uh raises its hand up towards you, and you feel it like drawing on your upper arm, but you don't see anything. It's not like he's, like, leaving a mark on you. You, just, you don't see it. Um, 
but draws like a symbol on your upper arm. And and it it says no one hurt, no one bothered, no one bothered you, no. Okay. Can I can I do a sense of what? I was about to say Tenchi takes his foot off of him at this point. Alright, and Lauren, what were you saying? Can I do a sense motive to see if that was like genuine or if they're trying to Yeah, that, that would be an insight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. Oh, wait, that's a sense motive. I didn't do that forever. Um, well, I got a No, because it's, it's so. inside. You got a two? Yeah. Would you like to perhaps try a different skill check on that? Maybe something more magical? Uh, can I do a knowledge arcana to see if I know if that's the. By the way, the moment Tenji's foot is off of this person, they're gone. Like, scrambled away and running yeah, away. Okay. Um, that is a... Well, 14. Um, you know that there's a lot of different marking spells, but considering that your arm didn't then explode or anything like that, uh, you can tell that he's either casted Hunter's Mark on you or just regular old Arcane Mark. Okay. But without uh, analyzing the spell effect on you more in-depthly, you wouldn't be able to tell. Alright. Could I take a look at that? Absolutely. I'll also do the Arcana, which that's uh, just going to be straight in check. Right. 11. Probably not more. Hold on, let me find the spell. Yeah, how shitty would that be? They cast Hunter's Mark and then there's like 20 of them that come up out of nowhere. Right. That would be pretty shitty, huh? We got this. They just pickpockets. Um, you don't discern what spell it is, but that it is an abjuration spell. Abjuration. Okay. Well, those are typically wards. So, right. meh. Interesting. Okay, so you guys move on? Yeah. I guess we do. I uh, lean into Ben and say, if at any moment you want me to dispel that from you, let me know. Thanks. And now that the two of you have <laughs> analyzed it, you actually, when you sort of like focus at it, you can really see that there is a little mark written onto your cloth. Oh yeah? <laughs> What's it say? <laughs> These people are assholes. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a mark that you've never recognized before. You've never seen it. It doesn't look like anything from the Sunder. It doesn't look like anything from the crystals. It uh, mm -hmm. It's some ob ob obscure mark that you just don't recognize. Alright. Alright. Okay. Well, let's go. Alright, moving going on. Okay. <laughs> so you all continue down the path. 
uh, and you said you don't want to stop at any of these inns or taverns? I mean, each one looks kind of like the other, right? Um, I mean, they all have, like, you know, a mascot sort of name and, you know, cute iconography outside as if to attract in people. And they clearly seem like they're nice establishments. But, uh... Do we, but do we want to find something further in, in the city where it's closer to the dark, dark district? I mean, what I'm wondering is why do we want to find someplace to stay now? Isn't it, like, early in the morning that's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's morning. Or right. mid-morning. But we get a place, we don't have to stay there, we can just go out. Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, leave our valuables and coins in the room. This is true. Less chance for getting pickpocketed, I hope. Mm-hmm. Alright, you have a point there. Let's do that. Alright, so somewhere near here, or do you guys want to go towards the gate? Um, probably gonna go towards closer to the uh, dark area. Okay. Um, uh, all right. So there is a grand gate at uh, at the at, of the northern wall there, and as you guys get closer, you see something that is probably a little bit disarming. There is a line of carriages, carts, and people waiting to get into Yao. Hmm. By this point, you're so close to the city that you see guards regularly walking around. And the guards of Yao are not to be taken lightly. The guards of Yao are uh, equal parts friendly and helpful protectors and judicial and harsh judges. So you can tell by their very serious demeanor. You can tell that they walk around in very, very, very shiny brass armor leaning on, on, you know, tall, heavily bladed uh, halibird and other polearm-looking weapons. They have a sidearm of some type and seem to be from any a range of races. Sometimes they're shorter, sometimes they're taller, but always they have this very iconic brass armor that has the signature... The sort of insignia of Yao on their upper left breast. Hmm. Neat. Does uh, anyone have any interactions for any of the guards or anything? Yeah, perhaps. I ask if uh, if there's anything they can tell us about that big black part of the of the uh, city. Um, he sort of looks the the, the guard that, that you stop sort of walks over to you and uh, looks at you as if you could tell. Do you guys know, um, like, the frog helmets? I think so. It's like, a, it's like a tall plate with a visor, a thin visor, and then a soft top or a smooth top. I think I so, yeah. Um, that's what the helmets of these guards look like, so you can't really see their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, but you hear through the visor, you hear actually quite clearly, citizen, what is it that you want to know? And what is it that you might know about the darkness? Well, uh, what I want to know is, uh, how long it's been around and, uh, what I might know, depending on your answer is, uh, that what it might be connected with. Hopefully. I'm afraid neither of those questions am I allowed to answer for you. If you really like to know, once you get through the gate in a day or two, you can speak to anyone at one of the barracks nearby and see about maybe getting that information. 
Um, Sorry, did you just say a day or two to get through the gate? Yes. With the darkness having happened, we've been incredibly thorough with our screening of individuals leaving and entering the great city. Uh Alright, well, we're here to actually try and fix that darkness. Is there a way we could get through this line faster? If you all would join my fellow guardsmen here and the that guard like points down to a slightly shorter uh, and thinner built guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sort of like taps their uh, pole arms butt into the ground to sort of signify that they're at attention. Mm-hmm. Follow this guard to the front of the line and I will hold this space for you when you inevitably are sent back here. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So you all walk with the other guard? Sure. sure. I mean, you see all manners of people approaching the, the gates, uh, waiting in various degrees of exhaustion and boredom and anger uh, about the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kids are crying. People are just, you know, fear-mongering with each other, being overall just nuisances. Some people are playing games. Some people are just waiting. Some people are drinking. Um, but overall, it seems like a, uh, a pretty nasty wait. Um, sorry, hold on. I'm trying to find the image here that I was looking in for. Here, can you all see that? Nope. Oh, yeah, that. Yep. Okay. That's kind of what their helmets look like. So very hard to see what they look like. Alright. If uh, the good. if the listeners want to know, if you Google search frog helmet into Google, it's any of those images are, are appropriate for what I'm referring to. Or frog mouth helm. Okay. Um, so, you all uh, are brought up to the front of the line. I mean, this, this walk takes like ten minutes, mind you. Like, it's not, this is not a short line. This is not necessarily a pleasant thing you're looking forward towards. But, uh, you all get to the front of the line, and there is a a guard without his without their helmet standing there. He seems to be of half orc descent. He has some sort of uh, writing utensil and and paper, and seems to be keeping quite thorough log as to everyone that he's speaking to. The guard who brought you up to this point, who has not spoken a word to you, mind you, uh, mm-hmm. brings you to, brings you up and sort of like taps their pole arms butt into the ground again and makes a very like clink noise that brings the sort of uh, requisitioner you're looking at attention to you and looking to the, the person that they are talking to which is a merchant of some kind says excuse me a moment I'll be right with you and he turns and looks at the guard who then sort of like points at the group of you uh, with their offhand and he goes ah yes a special case. I assume you're here not to waste my time. What is it exactly that you intend to say to me, though? We are here on a quest to save the world, and we would like to know if there's a quicker way to get through this line. <laughs> yes, I imagine since you are only the... What is it? There's four or five of you? Well, then you're only the twelfth to the seventeenth individuals to bother me with that sort of statement today. Arcanist! He yells off to the side, and a moment later, a older, robed, 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 robed. Thank you. 
robed uh, female figure of some sort walks up. She takes off her hood, and she is clearly a high elf of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, very fair, pearlescent skin. And she sort of says, yes, Gerlock? Arcanist, tell me if these people are on a quest to save the world. They desire to get into the city with that excuse. And she sort of walks over to the group of you uh, and looks at you all quite inquisitively at first and then taken aback and then confused um, and asks to speak to who you now know as Gerlock for a moment. Um, So the two of them walk to the side and the merchant that is standing there is like, like looks over at you all like, what are, what makes you all so special? And like spits on the ground. Does he actually say something? Yeah, the merchant. Yeah. Yeah. Did he actually say that, or was yeah. he just kind of glaring? No, 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 no. He looks at you all. What, what makes you so special? And spits on the ground. Because we're risking our lives for your people's freedom. America. Ah, uh, really? With that sort of classic excuse, do you also have your adventurers guild insignia, so you can think you get? anywhere with that kind of crap. Mm, do we look like we're associated with the Adventurers Guild? Who's to tell? One Wayfinder is different than any other in any way. It's at this point your conversation is uh, interrupted as Gerlock walks back over and says, uh, I would have it that the five of you go and speak to the Arcanist directly. She will be over at that side gate there. Um, he points and you all can quite clearly see she's standing there. Alright, will do. Um, you all start to walk away, and the merchant that was just, like, bad-mouthing you all is like, You've gotta be kidding me! And starts, like, invoking the names of gods and cursing at you. At which point, Gerlock stamps his iron-booted foot on the ground so loudly that it almost makes your ears ring. And you can see some of the stones in the street get disrupted. Yeah. And he says, you can take your cart to the back of the line, and if I hear another word, I will have some manner of your com- of your loot, of your, sorry, you will have some manner of your inventory taken in for questioning and analysis, and you will not be able to breach these walls for at least a week. At this point, the merchant is outraged, but also understands that trying to piss this guy off any further is a bad fucking call. So takes himself <laughs> and removes himself from the uh, equation. <laughs> Uh, chuckles. Yep. So do you all walk over to the Arcanist? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Alright. She welcomes you all and and points to a small, um, I don't want to say hovel, uh, yurt. You guys know what a yurt is? Yeah. Huh? They're really cool. Yeah. She points to a small yurt nearby where a couple of guards are standing out near the doors. Um, the sort of tapestry and cloth that covers the yurt is very similar to the robes in which she is wearing. Probably could piece it together pretty easily that this is her temporary, if not permanent, home. Uh, so she walks in and welcomes you all inside. She has not spoken a word to you all, mind you. Um, so doing all of this with body language. Uh, once you all come in, it is a haze of incense and... Uh, other magical item memorabilia and paraphernalia. Uh, and you come in and the, the the magically inclined of the group are immediately like, <sighs> like, this place stinks with ritual. Yep. Uh, 
and she sits on a chair and welcomes you all to sit in chairs that were not there when you walked in, but smoke from the incense and the candles sort of swirls behind you and becomes actual wooden chairs. Dope. Cool. Yeah. And she said, all right, take a seat. She reaches into her mouth as if to, like, pull out her own face or something crazy, and she removes a small silver rod. Uh, and places it on, like, a pillow or something. Something that, like, obviously is there for this thing to be rested on. Like a pipe stand sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And she sort of, like, <coughs> clears her throat. And then speaking in High Elven, which is not a different language than regular Elven, but you can tell High Elven is, like, fancier, very proper English. So, does everyone here speak Elvish? Uh, everyone but Ogden, but one of us can translate this. Sure. Part. Yeah, I smile and nod politely. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, Somebody will be, like, repeating everything back that, to you. So. That's fine. So, she's, after she sort of clears her throat, she excuses herself and properly introduces herself as Lindriel. She is the magical advisor to the Northern Gate. And I have seen several dozen people with your story every day for almost a month now. But you are all, well, not the first, but certainly the most interesting people for me to have seen. You see, and she sort of like waves her hand in front of her own face, and you can see her eyes are not quite there. They're misty and and and. There's a, there's a weird magical nature to her eyes that don't look normal. The the colors seem to change, so she seems to have like, you know, honey colored eyes and then green and then blue, like almost as if shifting constantly colors. Hmm. Um. So she introduced she properly introduces herself as a diviner, and she likes to believe herself as quite a talented one. So when she met you all a moment ago and saw the magical energy that's just, like, dripping off of you all mm-hmm. because of your exposure to the crystals. Mm-hmm. She says that she knew that you all were had had to have been someone to be let into the city. Yeah. Well, I apologize for bypassing your laws and order in your line, but this is kind of of high importance. And she assures you all that that is totally understandable. That is absolutely forgivable and no judgment. But I called you here not to let you into the city directly. I called you here to ask you questions. You see, I am one of many people who actually know a fair bit about what's going on inside the city. Or at least I should say about the part of the city that you all have clearly come to go and look at. Or, right. suppose I should say, to not look at it all. Yes, the darkness. So, what can you talk about that? Well, to put it simply, it's dark. An entire, an entire district of the city, an entire neighborhood, has gone pitch as the night. Not... Not even those who can see in the darkest of nights can can see their own feet there. The amount of people that... Are torches of use? I'm sorry? Are torches of use? Not at all. 
Tis a magical darkness, you see. Casting dispel... Casting dispelling magics will alleviate the magic for a moment, or the, the darkness for a moment, but almost as if the darkness itself hungers to block out your eyes, it almost ravenously eats the light back up and shrouds you back within itself. Mm. It is a terrifying place to be. Does it cause any other negative effects other than the loss of, you know, you're not able to see through it? It seems exhausting to be in. You cannot keep track of time. You don't know how long it's been since your last meal there. We have sent in patrols that can, you know, navigate the area, but they come out almost days late. And while they report nothing obscure or out of the ordinary, they feel immediately hungry and thirsty. And we've lost several guards to abnormal hunger and thirst the moment they leave the darkness. It's almost as if all of your needs get paused until you leave that area, and then they sort of ambush you. Hmm. That's interesting. Was there an event that precipitated this uh, darkness, or did it just appear one day out of nowhere? A little bit of both, I'm afraid to say. There are some that know more about that event of whatever it was, but I know very little to nothing. Honestly, the only reason I'm here at this gate is to screen for individuals such as yourselves who might be assistants. Though, if I'm honest, you might want to be careful as to how loud you announce yourselves. There seems to be two sides of interest to this darkness. Two sides? Yes. Ours and the bad guys. Well, some who want who don't mind it the way it is, and some who want it gone. Who, who would want the darkness? Those who like the shadow of night for their own purposes. I did not say that the place, that that entire neighborhood has gone, you know, without people. It is still as vibrant and populated as it ever was, somehow. And yet the caliber of the average person who resides there has changed. <clears throat> Businesses obviously left, and, you know, good Samaritans have moved, moved out within a day or so of it happening. No one wants to live their entire existence in perpetual darkness, you know. Indeed. But just as quickly as those individuals left, people came in. The reason why we send guards in there is to attempt to break up whatever gang or illegal activity that's been going on there. Sounds reasonable. While I have not who, actually... Uh, go. Who are some of the people that we could talk to that know more about what's going on? We could probably benefit from uh, matching stories and swapping information. I could tell you something that you should probably know, but you may have never been to the city before. Negative. You can always trust a guard. Alright, sounds good to me. You go above them, you go beneath them, maybe not. But you can always trust a guardsman of Yao. Alright. Okay. To stand watch for the great city is not an easy task. And nor do they, well... 
accept people of not the greatest caliber. So if I could offer you any single piece of advice for who to talk to and who to not to talk to, you can always trust a guard. I think uh, Ogden just discovered where he wants to come and uh, do when he retires right. from adventuring. <laughs> See if he can become a guard here. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, in that case, um, maybe speak freely with you then? course. Alright, well, we believe that this darkness is probably a side effect of the uh, four crystals of the world being sundered. At the moment and you say the word sunder, all of the candles go out. And I did not do that. No. <laughs> Tenchi's up out of his chair. A small, single candle lights in the middle of the room, and you can see that, that the arcanist sort of lit it and holds it up to the side of her face so you can see her and she can see you all. And she is much closer now than she was before. And she speaks in whisper. Some of us know, not many, but that word has gained power. You must be careful with where and how you use it. Hmm. Okay. Words that gain power. And at that moment, her candle goes out and the room lights back up as it was. Hmm. Tenchi picks his chair back up and sits back down. We've got a he who must not be named situation. It seems like it, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, this is going to get funny. Yep. Hmm. Anyway. So, yes, that, exactly. And we have reason to believe that this might be related. It would make sense. It would take a great power to disrupt the dispelling and, well, wards that the city holds quite true. Most places in the city you cannot even perform simple magic, much less magic of that scale. Really? Oh, well, within the city, you mean, not, yes. not in the outskirts, right? Right. Yeah. We, uh, we had a odd run-in with a, uh, I guess, a thief, some sort of arcane trickster or something, who, uh, marks our, uh, my friend Vin here with some sort of arcane mark. Yes, I I'm can see I'm not sure it. if it's a bullseye or uh, an actual, like, ward that, uh, he, she, it said it was. Well... I can see it quite clearly. I saw it the moment you all walked in. May I? Uh, yes, certainly. She walks over to you and sort of very tenderly takes your arm and looks at the symbol intently for only a moment, but says, oh, I know, I have seen this before. You are all quite fortunate. I hope you all did good things to earn this sort of protection. Yeah. yeah good thing. Sure. <laughs> It was a good hit, wasn't it? <laughs> this is a this is a sign in a language that very few people know. More so because it is not even a language that is spoken. It is called the thieves' cant. Really? Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I can't say that I have. This symbol, and she sort of like does a sign language gesture. 
um, that in some ways you could, I guess, understand it as that symbol that's on your arm. But she says, this means warning or <laughs> unsafe. If someone of you hear that, Ben, you are unsafe. Damn right. For you to have that symbol on you will mean that you and everyone you travel with will probably not be trifled with for quite a couple of days. Alright, sounds good. Um, Ogden studies the uh, mark and makes some mental notes on how it's uh, done. Okay. (laughs) At some point I'll probably actually like write it down to a piece of paper, but I assume I left all that behind. (laughs) So... Gotcha. All right. Well, that is reassuring. Anyway, so, yes. Um, when and if we get into the city, our uh, main objective is to go straight towards that dark area and see if we can figure out what's causing it. Help those who need help. Beat down those that need to be beat down. And uh, hopefully make it go away. It might be nice to talk to some of the people that are um, exploring it, and she said there were people living in it? Yes, uh, but she... Yeah, she, I'd like to talk to some of those people. You'd be hard-pressed to do so safely or free. Hmm. Okay. Alright, well... How soon can we get into the city, then? Uh, the moment you desire it. Uh, All right, is there any uh, anything you'd like to ask of us? Surely you have questions, too. Personally, yes. Have you seen the crystals in their own glory? Yes, we've actually restored yeah. one of them as well. At the moment of you say, like, restored one of them, her eyes kind of light up and stop shifting in color and rest at like a red and then continue to shift after that sort of facial expression of excitement passes. Oh, that is very good. You're not alone, mind you. There are other people doing what you're doing. Really? Really? Well, you see, this is not the first time. I'm sure some of you look old enough to have even heard of it or to have even been alive during it. But this is not the first time that the crystals have called to aid. Yeah, right. Uh, about 90 years ago, right? Yes. Yeah, we, we've actually met a few of those folks from back then. Well, it would make sense that the crystals would call out to familiar faces to rise to action. Yes. They didn't seem like they were in any particular hurry to help. I have only met one of them myself, so I could not tell you for the personalities of all of them. But Who did you meet? The oldest orc I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Was his name Borsh? Oh, Borsh. Yes. Yeah, we've, we've met him. Nice guy. Yeah. Seems to take every year of his life as light as possible. Yeah, I can't say I blame him being his age. Anyway. All right, well, I believe we are out of questions, and unless there's anything else you want from us, we're going to go check out that darkness. 
yes, one thing. And she sort of fetches something in a pouch on her rope belt and hands you a single gold coin. It is different than a normal gold coin. Mm -hmm. Alright. It is a favor coin. You immediately recognize it as so. Oh. Excellent. She says, I have earned this from a friend in the city. And, well, I have no need. My needs are all covered. The guard have taken quite an interest in having individuals such as myself be helpful into this matter. So here, take this, and should the darkness ever get too dreary, you might be able to turn this in for some assistance. Alright. Sounds good. Okay. Turn it into who? Um, I imagine we'll find out when the time comes. Yeah. Uh, there's a face on it. Um, a history check might actually reveal who that might be. I got history. It doesn't look like the favorite coin we've already gotten, has it? It looks similar, which is why you immediately recognize it as a coin, of, a favorite coin. Okay. But Unfortunately, the... my roll was crap, so I only got a nine. Okay. Anyone else want to? I also have proficiency in history. Twelve? Twelve? Ah. Thirteen. Thirteen? Um, it, to you, it just looks like a regular human's face with a scarf that goes across his eye, through his nose, and down to his neck. Hmm. Uh, she's, and she sort of points to it and goes, do you know who this is? Uh, not a clue. And she hands the coin to the group of you, finally, and says, it is the, it is the Lord Captain of the Guard. Okay. Oh my. Okay. So Captain of the Guard is a pretty impressive title. But there are many captains of the guard. And the Lord Captain of the Guard, as you might be able to distinguish, is the leader of all of those captains. And is one of the people who sits in the council. Okay. And obviously represents the guard to the council. So who takes the coin? Um, for right now, Ogden volunteers, and then he uh, slides it under his gauntlet and into the palm of his hand underneath his uh, glove, underneath his armor. Gotcha. Keep it nice and safe. <laughs> All right. I'll go ahead and write down that I got a favor token. Lord Captain. Okay. And she says, well, other than what I have given and told you and what you've told me is certainly payment for it. I would suggest you might get on your way then. That sounds like a great idea. Yep. Okay. The door is open, uh, and you all are welcome to leave. All right. I bow my head slightly, thank her, and head on out. All right. You all walk out. Um, The two guards sort of salute as they've been doing in the past where they like tap their pole arms into the ground and sort of straighten their back in your presence as you leave mm-hmm. and you are all pointed to a 
side door to the to the main gate. Hmm. Where another pair of guards are standing at at attention. You all approach you all approach and the guards immediately lower their weapons and and defend the door. Uh but you hear in that high elvish um they are free by my will to go behind you. <laughs> at, at that moment, the guards immediately, you know, plant, replant their weapons and stand at attention to salute, and as if to imply that you're all welcome to go in now. Okay. Okay. Well, then we'll start heading on in. <laughs> the door is yeah. a simple, very, almost, like, weirdly simplistic-looking wooden door. With no visible lock on it, but and it opens at the gentlest of requests to do so. But uh, you will walk in. It's a simple two-person wide stone hallway, and it goes for quite a distance. The occasional wall torch is the only illumination in this channel. This is much faster than waiting in line. Let's continue. Yeah. All right. Right there, right there. I say we go ahead and take a quick fiver and then get back to it. Okay. All right. Okay. Me too. Uh, yeah. So we're back. Um, so you all were proceeding through the stone channel instead of going through the gate, correct? Correct. Yep. All right. So, you all take probably about a good five-minute walk to get through this channel. And uh, it opens to a singular, very similar door. Very, very easy to open. And it spits you out. Standing next to, standing... Standing next to two uh, uh, more guards that don't even bat an eye at you. Since clearly you came through there, you obviously belong coming through there. And uh, you're in the middle. You're 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 in Yalzar. You're, or rather, you're in, in in Yal, the great city. I mean, every direction is a street going between buildings. Every direction is people and people and people of all walks. Um, I mean, where is there anywhere that you would like to particularly attempt to head? Unless we think it's a good idea to get food or something first. Actually, yeah, we could probably uh, stand to have some breakfast and then go to the darkness. Okay. Yeah, information, too, because no sense in uh, going in uh, blind, pardon the term. Sure. And go ahead and uh, give me a perception check while you make your way to a restaurant. Perception is 16. Total of five. Fantastic. Eight. Ogden, you notice that there is a tiefling following your party, and has been since you guys left the door, really. A tiefling? Hmm. I, uh, kind of nudge uh, Vin, and I say, we got a tail in Sylvan. 
Because I can now speak Sylvan. Yay. Mm-hmm. Tenchi's in the dark this time. Alright, do you all, do you all just um, proceed? I'm gonna nod and say, uh, gotcha. <laughs> Alright, you all go into a uh, restaurant um, and are, are, you know, offered a table to sit while the food is prepared. And uh, not too long behind you all, the tiefling comes in and uh, points to your all table as he walks in. He is uh, slightly purple in his skin tone, has a pair of very simple horns that almost follow the line of his hair and go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, very slick looking, I should say. Very, very, very nice clothes um, and clearly uh, not a thief by the look of him, if you had to guess. Mm-hmm. Some other former charlatan, but not a thief. Don't right. dare make some fun. Right. <laughs> and uh, he walks over to your table and asks if he may sit with you all. Sure. Who are you? My name is Aurelius the Fourteenth. I noticed... Aurelius the Fourteenth. Tenchi's just confused there are 14 of you? No, but there were 13 before me. <laughs> oh, and it clicks in his head like his whole head of his household and everything. It's like, yeah. oh, I get it. So, I noticed while leaning against the great wall of this wonderful city that the group of you all came in through a rather interesting entrance and were immediately headed towards, well, a place of interest for the city at this time. And I was, uh, you know, simply curious as to what brings you to that part of the town. We did go straight to get food first, right? Yeah, we're in the restaurant right now. Yeah, that's what I thought. Did he, he saw us, like, looking at the darkness and then just like, nope. Hmm. Sorry, I'm taking notes. Does anyone want to, uh, talk to him? Yeah, um... Uh, yes, we are adventurers from out of town. We heard of the, uh, troubles that ail your city in the form of this darkness, and, uh, we came to see if we could, uh, take a crack at it. Mm, makes sense. And damn decent of you to go out of your way to do so. But allow me to be forewarning, and obviously not for free, but helpful, to point out that there are many people attempting to sell their services as guides to would-be adventurers or actual adventurers as you are for help in that dark area. What uh, aid do these guides provide? Well, as you may have suspected, it is a great magical power that keeps that place the way it is, and therefore any magical item or powers in the city that would have allowed one to freely move in and out of there without being able to unable, without them being unable to even see their own feet, were quickly bought up by the guard and is in their employ. And so I happen to be one of those individuals who happen to have a trinket or manner of which that allows me and perhaps a small group of, well, friends or clients or whatever it is you would want to call yourselves, to navigate that area with little trouble. 
So you came to warn us about people peddling, uh, acting as guides in that area, and you're offering to sell us a trinket that will allow us to see in that area. Oh, no, 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 not at all. I'm just telling you that while I'm attempting to elicit that same uh, barter friendship out of you all to me, there are plenty of others who are simply scoundrels that would rob you of your coin at the first opportunity in that dark place. Ah, so you're one of the honest ones, then. Oh, honest far from it. I tell, I tell my fair share of lies. Heck, I think I've told you at least a dozen since we've met. But that's hardly the point, is it? <laughs> God damn it, Kenny. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Your characters are always just so charismatic and likable. That's the point, right? <laughs> I don't want to trust him. Yeah, no, we absolutely should trust yeah. him. Gentle aside, well, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my question is, what kind of proof do we have that your trinket works? Oh, it's not hardly a trinket at all. You see, I happen to have studied at, well the only place there is to study magic in this entire city. Really, no. Yeah, that would probably shine out to you guys. If he is telling the truth about that, that means he's, he's studied at the Greatest Academy, which is <clears throat> actually what it's called, not because it's got a big head about itself, but simply the gnomish men who established that, that academy last name in common sounds like the word greatest. So it is colloquially <laughs> referred to as the Greatest Academy, but in Gnomish, it's more like the Gratiste Academy, or however you would want to translate that into Gnomish. But his name sounds like Greatest, so people kind of just jokingly make fun of it. Yeah, okay. Whatever works. Well, <clears throat> so was it exactly your... Offering. He sort of takes his hand and sort of like points a single finger and a little sort of dollop of light appears. This, quite simply, eternally, granted, and much more powerful than this simple display, but this, effectively. Oh, and also, the shape of my horns and my first and last name might open a few doors for you, depending upon how much I get paid to do so. Alright. Well, I'm definitely interested in being able to see in there. Does it have to be him, though? So, you said a lot of these guards bought up uh, abilities or items that might allow them to see in the dark? Yes, absolutely. Lanterns of True Sight would help you. Uh, hey. God damn it. <laughs> It's almost as if that thing was important. Uh, what are you holding up, Lauren? Things that we uh, gambled away, or no? We no, that was the jug, right? So we still have that. Okay. Yes, we do. Yep. I believe that's why uh, Lauren is holding up her character sheet at us. Oh, I'm reading the back of it where all my items are listed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty certain one of us has it because I don't think we ever got rid of it. We did not. But for life of me, I can't remember who has it. <laughs> it's party material, anyway. Yeah. I have uh, the lantern written on my sheet. That's it. That's probably it, then. Yeah, because at first we never identified it, so. 
No, we had it identified at the. Uh, but can't be seen. Yep, that would be it. It was. Uh, we ha- we had it identified by the sages at um, uh, town of Delverday. Oh right, town of Verde. Town, whatever. I'm just saying. There's just the landmass is Del Verde. Mm-hmm. One of the cities that, that got its namesake from it is Verde. Whatever, the green town. <laughs> yes, that place. Alright, cool. And he mentions <laughs> a couple of other trinkets that would allow you to see in magical darkness. Alright, so what are you proposing to us? Obviously you're trying to sell your services or your ability? Let's go ahead and say you're buying the name. And how much is that going to cost us? About 14 gold a day sounds fine by me. 14 gold a day. I'm afraid that's a little out of my price range, but I uh, appreciate the offer. Understandable. Um, uh, one moment while I confer with my uh, teammates here. Is that? If you... <laughs> so um, I guess I'll just... So we all huddle in and just talk? Yeah. Um... Are you I'm going to go ahead and switch to Sylvan. You all Elvin. know Elvin? Everyone but me knows Elvin, so go right you ahead. You two know Sylvan, us two know Elvin, and neither of us speak a common tongue other than common. Damn, okay. Well, I guess we can just speak common. Um, Do you want him to so, walk away or anything? Because you're kind of just sitting there right next to him. Yeah, he didn't exactly get up and excuse himself or anything. He's just... All right, we'll go. Hey, why don't you sit here? We'll go get us all another round of drinks. Why don't we just make him get up from the table? We were here first. Okay, fine. Uh, not to be rude, um, Aurelius, but could you give us a moment to converse? Naturally, he sort of taps his hand on the table a couple of times as he stands up and walks out and uh, says, just knock on the glass that you're sitting next to and uh, I'll come back in. Oh, was that like a window or something? Yeah. Okay. So, um, we have the lantern. Yes. Do we want a, a guide who knows the city and, um, maybe able to vouch for us to other ne'er be wells within the, uh, the boundaries, or would we wish to call upon the guards for some kind of backup? Honestly, we have a couple of things that we need to investigate with this before we even go in. Uh, one of which is the people who have come out of the city, uh, out of the darkness, see if they can shed any more information into what it's like in there. Um, to I think this guy is one of those people. This brings me to point number two. We need to ask about him from somebody who isn't him. We've been told that we can trust the guards. We have been told that, yes. And this guy picked us out and, like, was deliberately waiting for something. Probably us. Right. So it wouldn't be a bad idea to get, you know, an idea of who he is outside of our short interaction. Buying his name, though. Right, so if the name means anything, and is actually something of provenance and prominence, 
it's going to stand out when we ask somebody who is connected to the city what they guard. In either a good or bad way, it does not matter. It is an answer. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I'm thinking we not take him up on the offer just yet. We need time to prepare and figure things out. Yeah, entirely. Entirely, yeah. But it might be prudent to find where we to ask where we can find him should we require his services. I'm pretty sure he'll find us. If he leaves us alone, yeah, exactly. But still, um, might be best to at least know how to get a hold of him. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, it seems like he could be um, useful. And we, we could certainly maybe bargain him down to 10 gold a day or something to get our own land. Citizens, ten gold is like what? At least a couple months worth of work. <laughs> yeah, usually like with it. One month's worth of work. Mm, depends on what the work is, but yeah. Right. It, it also depends on the, uh, the DM's world. So. But it's also, you know, we're asking him to go and he has a very certain special set of skills. And we're asking him to go into a dangerous area with like. We're not asking. He's volunteering at a cost. I mean, okay, so we're entering a deal with him to do this dangerous thing. That's why adventurers get paid so much. Right. We're still volunteering to do it. It's not like we're convincing him to go. He's already willing to go. He just wants something out of it. He's selling a business. He's selling a service. Yeah. All right. So I'm thinking, turn down politely, ask how we can uh, find him again to require services and enjoy our, our meal. Yeah. Alright. If we're in agreement on that, I'm going to go ahead and tap on the window. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of see him there, and you tap the window, and he sort of like perks up and walks back in and points back at your table as he walks in to sort of like tell the hostess or whatever to leave him be. He knows where he's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes back over to your table, sits down at the chair he was sitting at before, and sort of like grabs the table to scoot forward and says, <coughs> So I'm sure that you have your answer, but. I'm also sure that you have questions, so shall we handle those first, or go straight to the decision? No questions. Well, yeah. would you care One to know is, about we my need time experience? to gather intelligence and figure things out. Uh, we're not ready to make any sort of uh, commitment to a uh, bartership just yet. Naturally, naturally. It would be rather short-sighted to rush into things. So having said that, where can we find you if we need to get a hold of you again? Well, I surprise. Uh, well, hmm. I'm staying at this at this end, not the one he's in. He tells you the name of the end. Yeah, you just commit that to memory or yeah. whatever. It's it's called the fe- the the feathered beard. The feathered what? Beard. Oh, the feathered beard. I heard beaver, and that was a little what? bit weirder to me. <laughs> right. I'm staying I'm in room fourteen. That. What was that about 14? I'm staying in room number 14. Okay. So, would you care to know anything about the inside? I've been there a couple of times. Well, what can we expect? Uh, From what I've heard, it's just a residential district. Well, 
it was, that's for sure. But now any any of the minor to major crime lords have taken up residence there. Former bakeries are now, well, places where drugs are crafted. Previous apartments are dens for whatever games or crime. Imagine if it's illegal, it probably happens there in these days. I would advise you that no matter what it is that you do, no matter when it is you go there or how safe you feel, I wouldn't bring a single coin you're not willing to part with while you're there. Alright. Although, humorously enough, that is the case. If I'm honest with you, the smart thieves take food. Food's become impressively scarce inside of that place. So much so that if you attempt to buy food with even just a earshot from the edge of the darkness, the food prices are astronomical. You all are about to pay maybe a couple of silver for your nice meal here. And it's a nice meal. This place serves very good food. But if you attempted to get a meal of this quality on the edge of the darkness, dare say even in it, it'd cost you almost 100 gold. Hmm. Interesting. Well, thank you for the information. The food and the water is the currency in that place. Have you heard about what's happened to people that go in there for too long? Um, we've heard rumors, yeah. Yes. Has a toll, it says. Has a toll, yeah. That's one way to put it. <clears throat> Alright, well, thank you, Aurelius. Aurelius the 14th. Aurelius the 14th, my mistake. Is that the whole thing? <laughs> well, should we need you, we will come and find you with the feathered beard. Of course, of course. And he sort of uh, stands up and you hear a, a, a jingle of, like, clay tokens clacking. Hmm. Um, as he sort of, like, puts his hand to his chest, like, as if to, like, keep a necklace close to him. And uh, gets up and walks away. Interesting. That's peculiar. Okay. Anyway, let's go ahead and just enjoy uh, lunch and uh, maybe go seek out some of the guards and see what they can tell us. I imagine from regular guards, we're not going to get much more than what, uh, what was her name, uh, Lindriel, has told us already. But perhaps we can find some of the people who have been like sent into patrol and also get information on Aurelius the 14th. Yeah. God, I hope you don't just like... <laughs> hear his name and pop up out of uh, a poop of smoke or something, like freaking Nightcrawler. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so you're all served your breakfast. It's very nice. It's mm -hmm. one silver for the five of you to eat. Alright. Uh, wow. That's pretty nice. One silver, so it's like what? Excuse me, I'll be right back. Oh, okay. Sorry. So we were a brief, brief pause there. <clears throat> what were you all talking about? Uh, we are talking about plans about what to do before we go in and uh, what we should probably expect after we go in. Right. So, okay. Well, I, I forgot some of the stuff you guys talked about while you were, like, discussing whether or not to hire Aurelius the 14th. What do you mean? Like, I well, forgot this. We want to know if uh, if we're going to hire him, if his word, if his name really carries that much weight. Gotcha. Uh, if it does, then it might not be a bad idea. Otherwise, um, it might be uh, worthwhile to, one, see if we can find, like, a, an old map of the uh, neighborhood. Right. Ooh, there's a map would be nice. 
Yeah. Yeah, that or way. So if we're that. completely blind, we might be able to, you know, navigate it by Braille, essentially. Right. Okay, so you guys leave there after breakfast, I assume? Or brunch yeah. or lunch or whatever it is? Yeah. All right, where to? Um, probably to any of the uh, guards barracks around to see if we can uh, kind of verify and validate some information okay. on the tiefling and on the location and hopefully talk to somebody who, you know, was on patrol in there and has, you know, since emerged. All right, there is definitely a barracks near the northern gate that you probably would have seen a bunch of guards near coming in or going out as you entered. So you imagine you could find your way there pretty easily. All right, well, let's do that then. Okay. Um, you guys end up taking a side street to get there. Uh, and uh, before you, about halfway through this side street, that's uh, a little on the quiet side, you uh, you hear, Hey, hey, come here! On the, down the alleyway. I turn and see who's addressing us. Um, it's a short individual that looks very similar to the person that pickpocketed you, so much that you could, you could, you could maybe say that's the person that pickpocketed you, but you're not sure at first. I have no interest in uh, going down a dark alleyway on uh, somebody else's beckoning. All right. Yeah, I'll just go, you come here, what do you want? He sort of steps out into the light of the street and says, Watch yourself. Not safe. And then darts back into the alley. I hit him. Go ahead and uh, put my hand on the uh, pommel of my mace. Okay. I just kind of have that ready. All right. <laughs> and at... All right. Um, so at, is, can we sort of see the gnome? No, that, that person's visage has disappeared into the darkness of the alley. And uh, okay. the moment you put your hand to, to the hilt of your weapon, you hear that twang of a bow. And... Can I catch you? <laughs> That's not who he's aiming at. About three arrows sink into the ground around your all's feet. They're missed shots from above. And each of you are also hit once. Um, Tension, you take four damage. Wait, wait. Did it beat my AC? Um, yes. Okay, I'm going to spend... I'm going to catch it. Alright. Because I can't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, hold on, I roll a... And then you're taking five damage. Ogden, you're taking six damage. Wow, it even beat my IC. That's pretty good. Uh, hold on. Well, not perfectly. You may have noticed that three shots missed. Well, she picked them. True, yeah. Wow. Uh, so it's 1d10 plus dex plus level. Wow. It's a d10 plus 10. Okay, and you reduce it to zero. What do you want to do with that? Uh, throw it back at him. Throw it back at him. Alright, that takes... Yep. So it counts as a natural weapon. Okay. Set everything. D20, so... Plus 6. 
five total. To hit? Yeah. Okay. You throw the arrow back up and hit. Roll damage is 1d6 plus 2. 1d6 plus 2. He doesn't Total get that turn. next to that or anything? Uh, no, yeah, I guess it would be your weapon damage, so or your attack damage. So My attack damage? So it would be 1d6 plus 3, so it's All right. a total of 4. Okay. Block. Yeah, I rolled a 1. Didn't do great. I hit him. And I didn't take damage. Alright. Um, Are we going to go ahead and roll initiative now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Roll initiative! Initiative! Oh man, that's awesome. The fucking wave looks like a sword. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, BB. Oh, gotta love that advantage. Alright. You are all uh, surrounded by three bandits on... In front, three bandits in behind, and three bandits uh, on a rooftop. Okay, fun stuff. Great, they can. Now we're down our two damage dealers. Excuse you. We have three bandits on top of the. Off of one roof. On the roof. And three in front of you, three behind you. Okay, so a total of nine. Yes. Okay. They can't get away from us this time, guys. Right? I'm sorry? We're in front of the barracks for the guard, right? No, you're on your way there. On your way there. Hey, worst case scenario, we can just uh, book it towards the guards. Except we're surrounded. I'll bull rush through them, it's fine. <laughs> wait, wait, are the, are the buildings made of stone? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> uh, no. Damn it! <laughs> What what would it matter? He can run up still. Oh right. <laughs> also, you know that handy spell stone to mud if I was a druid. If you had it, yeah. If I only had Yeah, there's just a little bit of what's it called, um, property damage in destroying buildings by turning them into mud. When you get into the great city and start costing really important people a lot of money. <laughs> Anywho, so what's your guys' initiative then? Uh, 15. Ogden. 10. And Tenchi. 21. Nice. Alright, Tenchi, you're up first. I did the thing. Uh, Don't die. No, no guarantees here. And so the buildings are not made out of stone, so I cannot go up. I mean, I'm sure that part of them is made of stone, but, like, no, they're not, like, made out of stone. Alright, is there brickwork? Yes. Then I'm gonna run up the brickwork. 
is sto- is clay stone? It is earth. Sure. <laughs> fuck you. It's made out of clay. I don't you know if you get to tell me DM. fuck you. Because I'd be like, well, it doesn't cover clay. Fuck you. So, go for it, but mind yourself. Yes, sir. So I run up the side of the building. Uh Uh-huh. You get about halfway Uh, up. What? You get about halfway up. Good lord, this is a tall building. How big is it? Well, it's not exactly... My speed is 45. I understand that, and that's why I said what I said. Shit. Like, okay, like... You guys aren't like a five aren't standing on like a five foot wide street to start off with. You're standing on like a twenty foot wide street. So let's assume the best scenario that you're in the middle of the street, spend ten feet of it to get to the side of one of the buildings that you're gonna run up, and then that's only thirty, thirty five feet up it. I mean, if it's more than a three story building, you're not really doing a lot of damage yet to the, the overall height of that building. I would certainly say if you used a key point to gust of wind to dash or took the dash action, you could get up to the top of the building. Yeah, I mean, I can I can save a key point and use the dash action to get up there. Sure, yeah. Alright, so would you like to do that? Yeah, that's, that's what we do. Alright, so you dash, and now you're standing on the top of the building where there are three archers. Uh, very surprised... That you're with them already. <laughs> Months. Yep. And uh, that's your initiative. Lauren's yes. midsection, what do you want to do? Can you say it was mine? Uh, yeah, you got a 15, right? Actually, I lied. Yeah. I was just making a joke because your camera's pointing like right at your midsection and not at your face at all. Oh, I didn't realize. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, so the bandits on the ground are actually going to go next. One of them right. is going to throw up a wicked-looking arm holding some sort of device, uh, like magical fetish, and is going to cast magic missile at Vin. I've missed not having magic missile this round. Right. But, uh, this is not how I want to experience it. <laughs> you take eight damage. What? You take eight damage. Ogden, you're going to catch magic missiles from the back. Okay. That's uh, 11 damage. Ouch. Yeah, actually, we're really high on that. Well, and at least then, someone's happy about um, it. The other four uh, bandits are going to rush at the, the two of you. All of them are brandishing like a single one-handed weapon. And... You're going to get a pair of attacks at each of you, just for simplicity's sake. So we'll do Ogden first. A 20 and a 18. Both miss. Okay. And then at Ben, a 19 and a 14. 19 hits, the 14 misses. Okay. You're going to take seven slashing damage. It is... Then it is your initiative. Uh, 
Is there any way to disengage from this uh, conflict? Yeah, you can use the disengage action to move, to then use your move action to not invoke attacks of opportunity when you walk away from the uh, melee approaching you. But am I surrounded on, like, all sides? You have one guy in front of you, one guy in back, so you could move to the left or the right and get away from them, but you will provoke attacks of opportunity in doing so. Alright, um, I'm looking up which bolt right now. Okay. Alright. What's your question about it? I just want to look up how many, like... What the range is? Yeah. Honestly, armor of the gap is... Yeah. It's my opinion. So, a higher level can cast a spell at second level or higher increases the one twelve for each spot first. All right. I think I'm gonna go with um with Eldritch Blast right now. Okay, on one of the guys obviously right next to you. Uh, yeah, um, I get two bolts, and I'm going to do it on the two nearest to me, I guess. One each? Uh, you might yeah. as well focus fire. Well, okay, on, on whatever one is closest to me. Probably the guy right in front of you that just hit you with a sword. Yep, it's that one then. Uh... 18. That hits. Alright, and they roll a 10. Uh, 14 damage. That man is dead. <laughs> nice. Can change where the other bolt goes? Yeah, I imagine so. Okay. So I have to roll for the second one. Yeah. Alright. Um... Not the greatest time. I got a 12. That's not going to hit. Okay. Well. Alright, so. Is there any way. So I killed the one that was like right near me in front of me? Right, one of the two that's standing right next to you. What? One of the two that's standing right next to you. There's one right in front of you, one right behind you. You blasted the guy okay. in front of you, turned around, tried to blast the other guy, and you missed. Is there any way to put some distance between us without incurring an attack of opportunity? No, he's standing right next to you, so... Alright. Don't worry, I got this. Cool. That's my turn, then. Alright, the three archers are going to take their initiative, and they are all going to shoot at Tenchi. Yeah! Oh god, he's a spider! Oh god, he's weird! Uh, Kenji, what's your AC? Uh, not great. 15. Okay, four of those six arrows are gonna hit you. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I can only deflect, I can only catch and return one of them. 
So right. I will. Okay. So just Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna one. roll one separate from the other three and okay. I'll tell you what damage you need to reduce that you're probably gonna reduce to zero. Yeah. I mean I'm getting a minimum of eleven here. Okay, yeah, you definitely deflect and catch potentially you could return if you wanted one of them, and yep. then you take um, 15 damage from the other three arrows. Oh, uh, and yeah, and I'm throwing the other arrow back. Alright, go for it. Make an attack roll. Oh, sorry, I completely forgot to mention something. Uh, when you struck down with the Eldritch Blast, that one guy... His black metal sword, like, dissipated into black mist when he died and fell to the ground. Interesting. Maybe we'll go to the ring desk. I'm sorry, was that hidden? They're like conjured weapons, essentially. Sure. Ooh, that's... What did you roll to hit? Uh, four total and it's a natural one. Then, believe it or not, you, you caught it by, like, the fletching and winged it back, but you, like, held the fletching for too long and just kind of, like, went into the ground. Cool. Wasted to keep one, but fuck it. Yeah, you didn't get hit. Yeah, that's true. Try to get a free attack out of the round. I can't say I blame you for it. No. Uh, it's about to start raining archers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, Ogden, it's your initiative. There are, is... Two men, one on either side of you, and one on a second on one of the sides of you, standing in front in front of Vin. Okay, well I'm gonna do that thing where I become a walking AOE, and I'm gonna activate Spirit Guardians and designate Vin, Holland Karn, Bork, and Tenchi to not be affected by it. Sure. Uh, the three bandits must make a Wisdom save of 15, or take 3d8 damage, half on a success. And then, uh, because of Luminous Blessing, anytime I do Radiant Damage, I add two times my uh, Wisdom modifier to it. Jesus Christ. And so, what's the Wisdom save? The Wisdom save's going to be a 15. Okay, one of them makes it. All right, so he takes half of this 3d8 that I'm about to do. Hot damn. Yeah, 19 damage plus 6 for my Wisdom mod. Two times my Wisdom mod, 25 total to mm-hmm. everyone who uh, fails, and another... 12 yeah. to whoever succeeds. Alright, so the two guys that failed just drop and their weapons fade into a black smoke as well. Um, and the, the third guy who is um, who passed is like certainly uh, blown. Like he definitely like takes the hit but is not looking well. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, an affected creature's speed is halved in the area. Okay, and what's the reach on that? It is a 15-foot radius around me. Okay, so it doesn't affect the casters because they're further away. No. Nope. But I'm about to run up and make it. Sure, them. sure. Anyway, and that's just my standard action. Uh-huh. Um, Vin, you got this last guy? Sure. I'm going to run up to the caster and make it affect them. Okay. Uh, I have a question for that. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I don't have a question that I need to ask you. I have a question. I'm just gonna read the fucking spell. What's what's which one is this again? Guardians of Faith. Uh, Spirit Guardians. I have it from my War Domain, I believe. Yeah. And that's a third level spell. 
Okay, so they will not make the save, or the, the one caster will not make the save until it starts its turn. Oh, really? Yeah, because it right, says well, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a, when a creature enters the area for the first time, which mm-hmm. that language makes me Im, sort of, in my mind, implies a sort of willing, like a willing entry. Mm-hmm. Whereas you are literally forcing the uh, radius of the spell onto their being. At which point they're entering it. <laughs> they're not entering it. You're putting them in it. And I want. I'm, right. What I'm saying is, I feel that there's a difference in those two things. All right. So I'm going to say for if for for targets that you put into there or are by other means pushed into its radius, they make the save on the start of their turn. Okay. So are you saying that these uh, these three didn't take the damage yet? Um, no. I'll go ahead and give it to you on activation, just so I'm consistent. But okay. I don't want you to be able to okay. essentially walk into people and cause them damage. I think that's a little little strong. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a good spell. Okay, and the creatures, the, the movement speed penalty is is permanent for those who are in the area, but the damage is only on the first time they enter it. Correct. Okay, so that only happens once. Like a turn by turn area of effect. Yeah, I thought that's what it was, and I was like, "That's no, it's just a speed reducer of turn by turn." Yeah, that's really good. With an immediate bullshit damage. Right. Yeah. And the Um, bullshit damage is why I used it because we got surrounded by four of them. Yeah. Yeah. No. Good call. Uh. Okay. Yep. Cool. That answers my question about that. So. Right. Two dudes drop. One dude's left. Uh, because I didn't specify, and so I'm being a nice guy about it, I'll go ahead and say it's not the guy that's standing right next to uh, Vin, who survived. So she can move freely. Yep. So, uh, do I have enough movement speed at a 25 to make it to the casters? One of them. I mean, bear in mind, they're in opposite directions. Alright, yeah. I'll run to the one uh, directly in front of us. Okay. Uh half his uh, movement speed, and then on his next turn, he'll take, uh, he'll make the save for the damage. Right. And hopefully, then we'll be able to take the other bandit, QQ, as soon as, uh, as soon as it's her turn. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So is that your initiative, then? Yes. All right, initiative is going to reset. Uh, Tenchi, you're up. There are three oh. archers standing in front of you. Are they all in front of me? Mm. Like, in a line? In a, in a line in which one is closer, the second is a little further, the third is further. Right, so, okay, first closest one, I'm going to go up to him and give him three the of blows. Alright, give him the beats. Four. Roll. Alright, so, uh, it's my normal attack plus uh, three flurry of blows, so first is the most... Three. Flurry of blows is only two attacks. Two, sorry, yeah, so it's three attacks, so it's gonna be uh this is my first attack for my martial for my normal attack. Uh is an eighteen. Uh-huh. That hits. Followed by a natural twenty. Okay, that's gonna crit. So a total of twenty-three. Mm-hmm. And then a thirteen. That's actually gonna miss, but um, What's your what's your crit damage? Because I mean that's maxed. So 
Yeah, it's going to be max damage. Um, That's D6 plus what, four? Uh, D6 plus three, so it's going to be... Uh, nine. Nine damage. Um, and then I can roll for the other one. Okay, let's go for it. Plus three. Uh, so another total of four, and because he got hit by one of the flurry blows, he is going to be pushed back uh, 15 feet? 10 feet. It's pushed back 10 feet in any direction. So did, uh, did you intentionally not use your bonus action? No, my bonus action is the key point to burn for flurry blows. Ah, I get it. Yep, you're right. My bad. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, no, it is 15 feet away, and you have to make a strength saving throw against my DC, which is 13. So you killed this guy with your hits, so I, I gotta look into that real okay. quick. I mean, well, I could just you, rain a dead body off the roof. I mean, you did what? You did uh, 9, and then what was your second? Your roll damage? 4. Four? Thirteen? So a total of thirteen, yeah. Yeah, he's dead. So there's just this body that just goes flying off the roof. <laughs> like his spine is snapped in a way that spine should not bend. Right. He lands somewhere in the distance the Tetris theme is playing, because he just lands in an outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a strength saving throw, and if it fails, you push it fifteen? Uh, yeah, it must make a strength saving throw. If it fails, you can push it 15 feet away from it. And, uh, what's the DC on that? 13. But, okay. you know, dead bodies. Um, yeah, no, he's gonna... Sorry, you said you were lining up, like, in front of him, so that... So he, he, he... You're not... You're attempting to knock him off the roof. Yeah. Okay, so you're not approaching them in a, like a single file line. You're walking over and walking to the side of the first one. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so there's the two guys to your left then. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure to make sure I got that straight. All right, yeah, you so fucking yes. you fling a dead man off of a roof. Good job. Um, yeah. hold on, I gotta do a thing. Then I just rolled two d20s. Uh. If you guess what either of them is, I'll let something super fun happen. Oh, man. This 14. is What did you say? 14. Ding, ding. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that flung body is going to fly off the roof and hit the, near, the nearly dead guy right next to you and kill him. <laughs> nice. As you take seven damage from getting hit by a corpse that fell 30, uh, 50 feet. Nice. So that guy just drops. Mm -hmm. Literally. Yeah. I'm going to look up at Tenchi and be like, nice. <laughs> Tenchi just calls back down, don't worry, let the bodies hit the floor. Boo. <laughs> Boo. You, uh, I had to. Sorry. <laughs> Alright, uh, so most of these bandits are blood. dead already. Alright, so... Alright, he's gonna survive the 
wisdom saving throw? You want to go ahead and roll your damage? Hayden. Oh, yes. Ooh, that was nice. Two eights of two, so... He's dead. 18 plus my... Okay. He's dead. <laughs> this man dead. Bang. Uh, it's so weird taking on normies. Um, and then, uh, in the distance, the other caster is going to assume, assess you as a threat, uh, for what you did, Hayden. So he is going to cast Lightning Bolt at you. Mm, does my metal armor, uh, boost that at all? Nah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, this isn't 3.5, dude. All right. That's not really a thing in 3.5 either. Uh... Is it? It's a fluff rule that yeah. comes from one of the side books. Actually, it's in Psionics. Well, there yeah. are some spells and powers that do extra damage if the target is wearing metal. Right. But for the most part, uh, in general, chain lightning has no more effect on a full plate person than a person It's too punishing of a concept. Yeah. yeah. Considering how much of the higher end armor is mm-hmm. made out of metal. Okay, uh, so go ahead and make a deck save. Alright, well, I'm probably not making that. Um, that nope, 14. Alright, that's going to be 8d6 lightning damage. Ow. Bye, Ogden. Don't know that yet. Shut up. Bye, Ogden. That's uh, 34 damage. <laughs> Good. I am down to five. <laughs> Shit. If that hit me when I had a hundred amount, like all my health, I would be dead. Yeah, I would barely. Drop. I rolled really high damage. I noticed. <laughs> of course, eighty-six is a little ridiculous. So. Well, the funny thing is, is that I would be the only person to survive that because of evasion. Right. Um, oh, I did then, it, so there. Then you're gonna notice that uh, he was he read that from a scroll. Ah, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Thank God. And then he is going to start to run away. <laughs> you Yours. See, it's yours coming up. Yep, it is yours then. All right, I'm going to Eldritch blast him as he runs away. Go for it. 18. You hit. Um, nine damage. Uh, he is dead. Um. But the last of the. No, I still got archers up top. Yeah, there's oh. there's two archers up top, but the ground forces have been destroyed. Can I see the archers? Yes. Would you like to shoot one of the archers? I would with my other. Eldritch Blast. Go for it. Uh, 17. That'll hit. Uh, 8 damage. Not lethal, but painful. Alright. It is those archers' initiative. Um, one is going to drop his bow that turns into smoke when it hits the ground 
and draw a, a, wep- a hand weapon and attack Tenchi with it. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's the last one alive, right? No, there's one more. No, there's two. Oh, okay. All right. Um, All right. And, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the parry. Huh? Do you declare the parry before or after I tell you if it hit? Uh, because I have to reduce damage into after. Okay. So, I assume a four and a five don't quite get there. Nah. That he misses you horridly. Thank God I actually got my AC to do something for a change. And then the uh, the wounded archer is actually going to throw himself off of the roof. <laughs> Dark! <laughs> and he is going to suffer 46 damage when he hits the ground. Spoilers, Just four damage. Spoilers, that killed him. <laughs> Spoilers, that killed him. And uh, his entire body... Uh, poofs into black smoke of death. Wow. This man dead. Wow. And, okay. Uh, in that moment, the sort of bodies of all of the, the... What was it? Eight other dead bandits. The, the smoke is going to swirl and go up and feed into the last bandit. Uh, Tenchi, make a dexterity check. Okay. We might be getting thrown off the roof there, bud. Dude, trust me, that is the least of my concerns. Uh, oh, wow, that's still for six. Fourteen? Alright, you get flung back and take half of... You take four damage. Force uh, damage. Hold on a second. What? Hold on a second. I think evasion actually cancels out half of it. I already did that. Oh, okay. That's so four damage? Yeah. You get knocked 20 feet back, which is not off the roof because you're standing near the front of the building. But there, what was once a relatively meek-looking single individual, there is now a 10-foot-tall, broad-shouldered, black-skinned brute of a being with a great bow in one hand and a sword and a sword the, the height of you in the other. Oh, this will be fun. Ogden, it's your initiative. Well, I'm not going to be able to climb that uh, 50-foot uh, wall to get to him. Oh, man, if only we had the dwarf of hope. Um, yeah, for lack of anything better that I can do at this point, I'm going to go ahead and continue maintaining concentration on uh, my spell. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and use guiding bolts. To hopefully give Tensi a better chance at hitting that thing. Okay. Let's see. Uh, it's a ranged spell attack. I have a plus six bonus to my spell attack. Hmm. Does an 18 hit? It will. Oh, nice. Okay. Let's see. Uh, on hit, target takes 46 radiant damage, and I get to add my bonus to that. And the next attack roll made against this target uh, before the end of my next turn has advantage, thanks to the mythical dim light uh, glittering on the target until then. Okay. So, a moment while I drive a couple of d6s. That's a fun little spell. Yeah, I like it. Just, it's like, ah, oh, hit him harder, people! 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and 16 plus my double my wisdom mod. Uh, 22 damage. And He's it's actually radiant. going to take 44 radiant damage and die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Boom. Oh. That was supposed to be a little bit more interesting than that, so. <laughs> Fuck. Holiness. I was like, I'll give him 40 hit points. He'll take a hit. <laughs> nah. No, he won't. Nah. Hey, you guys. Your cleric did damage. Look at that. Considering three levels ago, I was able to throw out 46 points of damage. Nah. Yeah. If everything hit. Yeah. I pale in comparison for the damage output, but then again, I'm supposed to be the tank, so... It's <laughs> about this time that uh, the sort of battle sort of calms down, and you guys look, you know, both ways down the street that you're standing in to see if there's any more adversaries to fight. It's at this point that you see both ends of this block's street lined with guards. We got them! Hello. I'm gonna put my hands up. Okay, that's a good call because at the at him saying we got him, they lower their weapons. And, uh, aggressively, I should say, like lower them to oh. a point. Yeah. Tenchi just goes back and walks back down the brick. Rejoins the rest of the. When you go down the alley, you see that there. You when you go down the alley, you that you were that you like ran up from. You see yeah. that down that alley, there are three guardsmen blocking the end of the alley. Okay. Okay, before this becomes a huge, massive mistake, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss Spirit Guardians. That's a good call. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, going to go ahead and sheath my weapon and, like, show my, put my hands up. Yeah. Okay. So with their weapons still drawn and 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 aimed, they both side both ends march, and you can hear the footsteps of 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 their boots down the alleys coming up as well. You guys sound like you're absolutely surrounded by guardsmen. They stop hey, at a. I, go ahead. Oh, so I was just gonna lean down to to Ogden and go. Did, did we do something wrong? No, but the fact that they have a reaction time of roughly 18 seconds is astounding. <laughs> oh shit, that was only 18 seconds. <laughs> yeah, three rounds. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's say that between the 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 person in the alleyway attempting to warn you and right around now, it's been about 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Collectively, I'm saying like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Still. <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. So I, I've got my hands up, and uh, I'm gonna just let them approach calmly. I'm not even gonna like yell stuff because spells could be threatening. Just gonna. Yep. Uh, you see something fly up in the air towards you all from behind the line of guards approaching from one of the directions. Mm-hmm. It is a small purple book, and it floats up in the air above you all. Its spine, uh, its pages open, 
and its pages flapping one way and then back the other. And you hear this, this, the, the crystal spirits screaming in your ears, almost as if it's being painful. Although you feel nothing. The crystals, like... The spirits in us are screaming in pain. Yeah. Can I do a knowledge arcana on what that thing might be? Sure. Uh, 21. You can't know for sure. You've never heard of an object like this, but you can tell that it is clearly attached to this situation that's happening with the, with the spirits, and that it is probably attempting to suppress magic in the, in the area that you all are in. And because of that, you can intuit that because the crystal spirits' magic is attempting to be suppressed... But that's not exactly going super great for them. Since they are quite actually just beings of magic. Yeah. Alright, um... I it's hurting like... crystals. I'm gonna... Oh, I think, the, I think your allies have put that much together. But, uh... Yeah, any, any magical effects um, that you all have are being negated right now. How high above us is it? About 15, 20 feet, maybe? Oh, I know what you're thinking. Yeah! Okay. It's at about this time that the guards have closed in maybe 20 feet in either direction. A person is going to walk through the guard's line and is going to snap his... his, uh, He's dressed in a very arcane-looking attire. He's going to snap his fingers, and the book is going to return to his hand, and he's going to tuck it into his sort of chest a little. And the screaming stops at that point. Um, and he sort of gestures with his offhand to the group of you. Who are you people, and why are you fighting in the streets? We are adventurers, and we were attacked by bandits that disappeared into puffs of smoke. We didn't start it. Hmm. Of course. The captain will wish to speak to you. Oh. Okay, we'll gladly talk to him. At this point, the the guard... Good? We're coming peacefully. Like, have the guards showed any signs of lowering their weapons? Or, you know, raising their weapons? No. Whatever. They're all using pole arms. The, the guards continue to converge upon you until they are nearly upon you, at which point a pair from each line break and set their weapons in the ground, walk up and cuff you, uh, hands and legs. Rude. Not a fan. Okay. And then they grab their halibird or their poems up, and you noticed... You've noticed that there's this weird, like, Gurusam hook on the back of one of, of all their polearms. And it's at this point that that hook becomes very evident as to what it is. As they then hook their, their weapon into the chains of your uh, bindings. Mm. And as they walk, you have to keep pace. Oh, that's rude. 
um, and you are being escorted down the street the way you were going, as if directly to the barracks that you were heading towards. Super rude. Well, at least this way we won't get attacked again, hopefully. Well, not by bandits. Uh, uh, this is, like, halfway to it. Right. So you all are all uh, being escorted back by this arcane person, and other than the one guard to each of you that is, you know, using their weapon to hold your bindings while they walk, uh, there is only five other guards. The rest of, like, maybe the other 20-so guards that had appeared out of nowhere disperse back to whatever they were doing. Okay. Show's over, let's leave. Yep. <laughs> Done our job. There's a lot of other shit to do. Mm-hmm. So, you all are brought to the barracks. Uh, pretty, you know, promptly. Maybe 10-15 minute walk. And... The... You notice that the Arcanist stayed behind for a moment and then caught up. With the mm-hmm. group, I would say. I don't suppose those arrows they fired at us were still on the ground, were they? No. Yeah, they dispersed in smoke as well. Bummer. Mm-hmm. Alright. So, you are all led into the barracks. At the moment that you are put or walk into the barracks itself, you are taken to a cell where you are all put in. And uh, through almost an impressive gesture of prowess or just training... The guards that have their weapons quite actually hooked and attached and locked into the chains of your bindings do sort of like a flip with their weapon in their hands, like they flip it and then pull. And although it hurts a little bit and you'll all take one point of damage from it, the bindings from your hands are pulled off as they pull their weapon away. Interesting. Uh, And then your leg bindings are removed. The three, the the five guards that had been doing that, two that had been with you, the, the five guards each dedicated to each of the party members, then walk away with their putting their the bindings that they use to bind you back into their uh, pouch, and then the arcanist walks up and closes the cell door and says, "The captain is busy at this current time and will be with you promptly. Do you require food or water?" I'm kind of wondering if this is all absolutely necessary. We're in full We're attacked and defending ourselves. Frankly, not exactly my place to decide. We simply came upon the end of a brawl where you were the only standing remaining people. We do not know exactly what transpired over the course of the fight, just saw the end of it. I'm sure the captain has many words for you. Please let it be known that whatever his judgment is, it is absolute and final. Should it be that you all go on amount about your day, then there will be no more manner of this spoken to your, you know, harm. But if his judgment is to have you for further inspection, then I'm afraid that that will be the case. So again, I ask, can I get you food or water? I'm pretty badly hurt. Could I get a bandage? We will have someone come and tend to your wounds momentarily, I assure you. Thank you. Yep. He turns and walks away since no one asks for food or water. But, uh, well, mostly we just want medical attention. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we still have our backpacks, right? Yeah. yeah. You guys have all your stuff. 
yeah, then Tenchi just starts marching along the trail after. Uh, a moment later, the cell door is opened by a guard, and a pair of um, priestesses of St. Cuthbert come in and offer their healing services to the wounded. Yes, please. And yeah. There's probably still an arrow sticking out of Tenchi somewhere he can't there, quite reach. There is not an arrow sticking in you. Oh, right. Yeah, they all died and they disappeared. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. Um... Yeah, we could all use a boo-boo, a boo-boo band-aid. So you are all healed to your full health, but key points and magic are not restored. Uh, after the healing is completed, they the, the two priestesses of St. Cuthbert sort of wish you well, and may Cuthbert always protect you, and they leave your cell. The cell is closed um, by the guard, and you all have some time. Their response time is really impressive. Uh, when you run a giant city. Yeah, I suppose so. Is this just going to nap in a corner somewhere? I assume it's safe to uh, say that Bork and Hamkarn are with us, even though they're kind of like... NPCs, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, just, they're, on, they're on autopilot, but yep. uh, they're there. Yeah. They're propped up against the wall. If Bork will hate this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm a little glad she wasn't here because I'm pretty sure she'd go down swinging. <laughs> I don't know. I feel that that Bork's character would have willingly submitted to law Possibly, and yeah. accept and accept the process, whatever it is. <laughs> now, if you guys go and sit in front of this captain and he starts spewing bullshit, yeah, then maybe you know shit would get a little hairy. But mm-hmm. until that time, you know, who's to say? Anyway, if things seem to not go ahead. be going their way, let's have that uh, coin ready. Favorite Is coin. I'm good. Yep, that's true. We do have that. I'd rather not use it now, but we can. The, uh, a couple moments pass, not a long time, but, you know, more than a few minutes. And then the guard that's watching yourself sort of salutes as they do. You know, as they stand up straight, tap their weapon into the ground. Mm-hmm. And then turns to you and speaks in uh, Dwarven, then Elven, then Common. Just like once all the way through, once all the way through, once all the way through. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come into your cell. I'm going to disarm you. Please have your primary weapon available for me to confiscate for the time. It will be returned to you, I assure you. All right. It says well, that three times. And then, Dwarven, Ogden takes out his mace. His, uh, his blood-sucking beast sword, his light crossbow, and just drops them all on the ground. Okay. <laughs> I look like a sociopath. Tenchi <laughs> uh, just shrugs. Okay. And I get my, um, I think I have a short sword and a crossbow, or like something, some weapons I never use. <laughs> some weapons I never have a need for. That's... Sorry, so it's just funny to me. You're like, I think I have weapons. They're somewhere on this sheet. They're a tad dusty. Oh, can I keep my shield? The guard walks, you know, comes into the cell at this point. And like, is do you consider it your primary form of, of fighting? No, that's my primary form of defense. Uh, but the guard does point at Vin's tome and says, "I'm afraid I will require that." 
I do not wish to part with it. You hear an audible sigh from the visor. Of course. And sort of turns, leaves the cell, closes the cell, leaves, comes back a moment later, holding some sort of orb in its hand, uh, walks back into the cell, hands you the gently glowing turquoise orb. Then you must carry this with you, or you will be attacked on sight. Uh, what, what's the orb? Just take it. Alright, I'm gonna do an all of our Okay. Likewise. I got a seven. I got... Oh, that's right, it's not proficient. I got a sixteen. Uh, obviously there's some sort of magical effect to this orb that will make the, the the people here feel comfortable with a spellcaster walking around with their, you know, spell catalyst. Mm-hmm. So you can probably assume that it has something to do with either stifling or suppressing magical energies, but you have never seen it in this form before. Hmm, interesting. I place my hands on the orb. Um, ever since you've made your pact... With the Archfey, you mm-hmm. have felt a connection to the Feywild. You felt a connection to magic, and it has been a part of you. But the moment you make contact with this orb, it's like someone turned that connection off. Okay, uh, I remove my hands. It all comes back, and it's a bit shocking. All right, I'm, I'm cool with that. I hold the orb. All right, so that is dead. You cannot cast spells. Okay. Um, he says, the guard says, thank you, hold it prominently, you have to hold it out like it's going to hurt you, but if it's, if it is requested, please make it visible. And then he leaves. And locks the cell behind him, of course. Sometimes it's fun being a monk. <laughs> yeah, right? Never disarmed. <laughs> A moment uh, later... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, while we're waiting, Ogden probably just goes over and pokes at the orb that Vin has. The moment you touch it, you feel a moment without God. <laughs> Divine goes off. Divine goes off. Divine goes off. I would Divine. say I would say it would scare you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that is probably that, pretty that's, terrifying. That's like, a, that's like, imagine just having one of your five senses just turned off. Oof. You know? What yeah, happens if like, I touch it? What I don't know. I touch it? Do you attempt to touch it? Sure. He gets shorter. <laughs> uh, you feel your power. flow of key being clogged and disrupted. <laughs> oh, wow. So this not only uh, suppresses magic, but also key as well. That's. I, I, I think the class of magic is called DM. <laughs> a moment yeah. later, a green-scaled dragonborn walks down the hall. He's wearing very, very nice, but not showy clothes. Uh, he has a studious look to him, a strong brow, and his horns have been cut short. Not horns, but like, I guess they are horns, aren't they? Yeah, I think Dragonborn have horns. Uh, they, he has like a pair of horns in the back that go out like behind, but they have been cut stubby. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and he looks to the to the guard standing in front of your cell and looks uh, and says, "Are these the ones involved with the brawl?" The guard nods. Yes, Captain. Well, open the door then. Guardman opens the door, and the uh, you realize at this point that the captain, or at least who you can assume is the captain, since he's referred to as, is not wearing any shoes. Um, hmm. okay. And he's about to walk into the cell and then looks at Tenchi and goes, did that man offer up any weapons? No, no, Captain. And uh, he asks the guard to set his weapon and hold his book. He's holding a book. It looks pretty ordinary, but it's a book. Uh, yes, of course, Captain. Hold the book. Guard, guardsman, give me your left arm. Uh, of course. The captain then grabs the guardsman by the left arm and then breaks his elbow. Report to the nurses. You're seriously wounded for idiocy. Now get out of my sight. The guardsman nods and hands him back his book and sort of walks off. You don't really hear pain come out of this guard, which is kind of eerie. No, but I I know the sound of a bone cracking. He's probably used to it. Um, At this point, the captain sort of fetches into what is definitely a small pouch on his belt. A pair of... of, um, handcuffs that you all had on you before a bit bigger than the fit in that little pouch of his so there's something up there but he then throws it on the ground in front of you and says I would like the two of you to put those on your tall friend there okay attention crouches down a little bit I'm holding the orbs with my hand yeah I uh I take the uh, cuffs and click click we'll get this sorted out soon this is all just a huge misunderstanding attention just looks really sad doesn't like it at all. <laughs> all right, then, if you would, follow me. He sort of right. walks to walks shuffle, away from shuffle, the cell fine, door. Fine. Uh, it's it's not on your legs, just on your arms. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, you are able to walk out. All right, so we do so. He closes the cell behind you. And then... So- Five of us, the one of him, and no other guards. I mean, there are other guards, but not at your attention. Oh, okay. I guess scattered throughout the. Uh, yeah, the I mean, it's a barracks, and obviously there are cells here, so it's not like there's no personnel walking around, but. Yes. It seems as though that the captain is the only person at your all's attention. Mm-hmm. Another guard takes the place of the one that he hurt, minding your cell and your gear that you left. Uh, he walks you down a couple of corridors, past some guards, he sort of nods to some guardsmen as they were, they sort of salute to him, and as he walks through, uh, and says, I believe it's your all first time in the city, is that correct? This is correct. Mm-hmm. It's true, we have no records on the lot of you. Interesting. Right down this way, he points to a nice, but simple, double door. Um, and you all walk in. It's an office um, of some of some type. There is a series of chairs that are bolted to the ground, and he offers you all to sit as he closes the door behind you. All right, sit down. All right. And he walks past the group of you. Uh, thank you. Please make yourselves as comfortable as you can. I understand the chairs aren't comfortable. 
But normally we're not dealing with, well, pleasant individuals. And he then takes his seat behind the desk. And uh, so sits down, sets his book to the side on the desk, and then uh, reaches down and comes back up, fitting a large gauntlet on his right hand. And while he's sort of fitting it to himself, he talks with you. So, what it is what is it exactly that brings a rowdy, rambunctious, albeit capable people like yourself into my city? I suppose you have to say in the great city, but specifically my area of the city. Well, we are here to investigate that uh, mysterious darkness that has appeared. Ah, uh, yes, many of us are. All the way to this barracks to converse with you and the guards for any information when we were attacked by bandits. Well, I assume since you're so well put, well polite yourself that you didn't conjure up those nasty demons to get my attention, you would have just walked here, wouldn't you? Of course. Yes, I thought so. So, and he, at this point he has the gauntlet entirely on. He reaches into one of the drawers of his desk and pulls up a black hammer and sort of rests it on the desk in front of him. Tell me that what this is. In like, uh, uh, visually, like, uh, pushes back in his chair. So then, and he, like, taps his gauntleted finger on the desk near it. Tell me what this is. And why do I keep finding them at places where fights happen that I only see half of the survivors? It's a hammer. That is an instrument used by a very evil individual to destroy the crystals of the world. Well, that specific one is more to control people. Hmm. But yes, it's, it represents that. So tell me, and he opens the drawer again, and he grabs and has like 15 in his hand and drops them on the desk. How many people have these things? We do oh. not know. We've come across... Uh, I think we've come across two in our travels so far. Mm -hmm. The first one was dropped by a shambling mound, and the second one was in somebody else's possession. Was. I have was. 130 of these in my storage, and these wow. 15 are in my drawer. I keep finding them in places that bring me great trouble... And I keep finding them in the hands of normal people gone suddenly awry. Yeah. Our greatest diviners, obdurists, and defensive spellcasters of all over Yao are struggling with what exactly these things are. So why is it that the lot of you, outsiders to the city of Yao, who have never once stepped within its great bounds, have so much more information that I have not been able to garner myself? Because we know what it is. Because we are on a quest to essentially save the world by reuniting the two halves of each crystal. <sighs> I've, almost, ones. I've almost become exhausted with this story. You're not the first people to tell me. Ooh, the crystal spoke to me. They've sent me out on the... Can you prove it? Can any of you individuals prove it? If you have a... Um powerful diviner or spellcaster, they can see the evidence of our relationship with the crystal. Yes, I read the letter Here's that the arcanists sent from the north gate. Oh, Lidriel? Yeah. Yes. Um, that's actually a much faster way that we could show you. And how would that be? Well, 
we have the capability to pray for them and request their assistance. Now I know what you might be thinking, and uh, yes, it is a show of power. With your permission, I would do so to inform you that we are who we claim we are. Hmm. Well, it would be I a don't... better... Go for it. No. He stands up, sort of brushes what not dust there is on him, and walks over to Ben and, and extends his gauntleted hand. Give me the orb. Um, I slowly hand him the orb. He takes it and goes back to sit in his chair. And, uh, you, you see him put his off hand, his non-gauntleted hand, under his desk. And you hear him pull a lever. Mm-hmm. And you can see a stone slate slide over the door that you came through. So right. it is it is now a wall. <laughs> <laughs> no, if shit hits the fan. <laughs> right. Right, right. Um, hopefully I still have the connection to the crystals. Otherwise I'm going to look like a massive asshole. Well, thankfully you don't have to worry about coming off as a massive asshole or not. Bear in mind, the spirits are with you all, all at all times. And all right. at this sort of series of questioning and in dialogue and and you all beginning to like think to yourselves, man, we really hope we can like make them appear. Um, out of each of the three of you, uh, one of the spirits appears. Uh, I'll let you pick which one you're a vessel of. I'm probably going to have Nolan and me. Uh, I'm feeling um, Undine the water spirit. Uh, it would either be Lumia or Dryad that are left, and I'm probably going to take uh, Dryad. All right. At that time, you sort of feel a projection come out of your chest, and the visages of these spirits that you've seen before sort of step out of your chests. Uh, you know, Dryad, the, the somewhat tall... Um, palm tree woman uh, steps into the room. Uh, Undine, you know, sort of splashes out of your chest and, like, stands upon the finned tail uh, that, you know, as if it was a pair of feet, although it obviously isn't, and bursts out of your chest, out of your core, is Gnome, who then sort of, like, almost joyously bounces from foot to foot. Almost... (laughs) Almost too impatient to stay on a, on one foot for too long. And Undine speaks first. Hello there, Razzleman. The fourth of your bloodline and the last of the greats. It is I am Undine, spirit of the water crystal, one of two halves of it, and this is my sister spirit, Dryad. These are our champions, some of the... I would even say some of our best. I could not say more or any better. Dryad sort of nods and agrees. And Gnome sort of jumps onto the captain's desk and stamps his foot and like stone spikes, like only a few inches tall, come out out of this not stone desk. (laughs) And he raises his fist and says, you will help them, or I will bring this place down. <laughs> it helps that we're loved by deities. It certainly does. Uh, Hopefully he takes that well, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
And the captain has been sitting this entire time. Uh, and he sort of nods to himself. And uh, with his gauntlet at hand, grabs one of the hammers and holds it up. And all three of the spirits, like, swing back inside of you all and disappear. He goes, hmm. well, They don't like those hammers either, apparently. Who does? Well, then. I suppose I should be giving you my full attention, then, shouldn't I? Yeah, huh? So, the darkness. We're here to investigate that because we think it has something to do with the crystals. Yes, I imagine you're right. And I'm going to end it there for the week. <laughs> it is 10.15. Yeah, it's 10.15, and I had some stuff that I wanted to reveal just now, but I want to go ahead and leave it in the cliffhanger. All right, sounds oh, good. Okay, that works. All right. That's slightly distressing that they've got 130 of those freaking hammers. Where one nearly just... Uh, Caused us a party wipe. Right. Well, half, half party wipe. Alright, uh, well, I hope you listeners enjoyed this week's session. As always, I am your dungeon master, Kenny, and my players for the night. Uh, this is Frodo the Monk, who is Tenchi. This is Lauren, who plays Vin, the halfling warlock. Aiden, who talks too much and plays Ogden, the dwarven cleric. Mm. Have a nice night, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.